We talk about shortening your your time frame on trading. Uh, apparently, Warren Buffett has been listening to the pre market show and uh, did a pretty short trade in TSM. We'll talk about the fallout from that. Really, the only 13 Fs that matter are Warren, so we'll talk about uh, his stake, adding to Para, getting that up in uh, today's session. We got some earnings, uh, buy the growth of dip stocks, upstart, down, then back up. Uh, we'll take a look at the, that CPI number with Blue Putnam, see what he has to say about inflation. Uh, also, we'll, we'll talk to Triple D about that that close, that wicked close yesterday, that six-minute drop, and see if he scrambled for cover. But uh this is Wednesday. This is hump day. This is pre-market prep. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Traders and investors, get ready for an hour of great information here. We're going to translate what we talked about on the pre-market prep show. S&P's down 14 at 41.31 even. Tough close. Uh, the buck is up 38 cents, a little bit in a trading range, uh, 103.51. Uh, bonds up a little bit less than a half a point, trying to catch a bid after uh, it looks like a three, four-day sell-off. Crude repelling off 80 here. First it was 82, and now it's 80 being major resistance down 77 cents at 78.29. Hating gold this morning down 1940 at 18.46. Even silver has been the weak link the whole time. That's down 33.3 cents at 21.54. And Bitcoin futures, they're up $485 at 22,000. 820 uh triple d i know you've had a busy couple days there i hope you had a good valentine's celebration but boy oh boy oh boy what a rug pull in the last six minutes yesterday it was just like boom they hit the sell button were you able to were you able to get your hedges on and scramble out of that that was this this was yesterday in a nutshell was just rally so we sold off off the hop then we rally like crazy then we sell off. Then we rally like crazy. And then at the close, we try to sell off a little bit again. It was the, one of the choppiest days that I have seen this year. We called this on the pre-market prep show, obviously, off the hop. I even tweeted out the word. The word of the day is choppy for the day started. So I kind of thought we were going to get a really choppy day. But if you were chasing moves, you were getting hit hard yesterday. It was not the day to chase stuff. It was the day to be patient, come back to your level buy, get up to your level sell channelingstocks.com, whatever you want to call it, range trading. That was the day. Probably more of the same here today, Joel. Again, because we didn't really get a definitive number. It wasn't really that hot. It wasn't cold, though, the CPI. So the battle on the bulls and the bears continues here. And then you have the earnings coming out. You've got some good ones. You've got some not-so-good ones. What's clear, really, this morning is just rotation. Again, we're seeing a lot of rotation. We're actually seeing some of the growthy names uh, having a pretty good morning. We're seeing some of the value names take a hit here this morning. That value to growth thing is still going on, but we've got rotations even within sectors here. So wicked rotation everywhere. My, uh, I'm looking at my screen. looks like a Christmas tree, red and green all over the place. Let's bring in uh, Mitch. I know he was uh, uh, he was keeping an even keel on both sides in the market. Good, good morning to you, Mitch. Uh, but, uh, you know, before we get into the 13 Fs and some of these individual issues moving, uh, where, where are you guys at? I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm still, I, I still have to honestly say I got the bear hat on. I, I just... You know, that was not a good number yesterday. You can look at it any way you want. And you had you had some rip roaring rallies here, but it just feels like we're just holding on up here. We got the clear resistance here. I mean, I mean, are they finally going to like break this thing and then not rally it back 75 handles? That's kind of the way I'm feeling. I know you guys have, you know, Dennis, I know you really have lightened up on your uh, 
uh, you know, your long-term stuff. But uh, where, where are you guys at? Because you guys have been like, you know, kind of like by the dip, by the dip. I, back, I'm still know. trading from the bullish side, but I'm trading chop. Mitch, what do you, I'm not even making call in this market anymore. This market, I, and then I'm going to throw it to you, Mitch, for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. This market is one of the most impossible markets to call day to day. It's the market the with no memory. Is even worse. We used to have Doug Cass in the show. He'd say, you know, which sometimes is trading these markets with no memory. That's what this is. It's just doing its own thing. It's choppy. It's it's not doesn't really have a clear direction here right now. And anyone who says they know where this market is going doesn't know what they're talking about. Just turn off the TV. If they say on CNBC, well, this is what is going to happen, they don't know what they're talking about. Because nobody, nobody knows what this market, you can see how indifferent I am right now. I'm like, I'm just trading neutral and trading shop because nobody's predicting this market right now. What would would push you into the the short-term, short-term bear? I mean, what would push you? You normally say if you started taking out support, but every time we take out support, we just (laughs) bounce right back here. So that's catching people there. What would turn me really bearish, I mean, is if they actually start selling off stocks on bad news, but they're not doing that. This has been the silver lining market. Mitch, I know you've been in the bear camp. You're trying mm-hmm. to stay in the bear camp here. What are your thoughts? Well, short term, I just keep it to the technicals, right? Just keep it the way it's looking. Right now, this is the hourly chart, right? And this is my rule of three that I talk about consistently. We've had three resistance tries, now three support tries to break down through the 408. Now I'm looking for the actual break to the upside. And yes, I know that I'm long-term still bearish, but we've talked about it. That 420 level is right above. It's looking like we're going to get to that level now. Um, The big thing for me now is just holding 408. And as long as it holds 408, the overall market, well, I'm still in the bullish camp, at least for the short term and trading to the upside and looking for reversals. But at the same time, I'm not trying to get ahead of these reversals. I'm waiting for that elevator move down first, and then I would be looking for shorts. Right now, this is not it. This is, uh, to me, bullish. We get through that 415 today. I think you can get towards 417, and then 420 is right above it. I'll take the opposite of that. If we go up to 415, we'll go right back down to 410. Yeah. This is the choppy market we're in. If you're following momentum and looking for a breakout, this is not your market. This is the market of chop. When we rally 50, we sell. When we sell off 50, we buy. That is how I'm playing this market. That is what worked perfectly yesterday. That I don't know if it's going to work here again today, but I'm predicting a lot more chop here again. I don't think we've got the momentum for a sustained breakout here. I don't think we have the momentum for a sustained sell-off here. I think we're just going to continue to chop around for a while. So, I mean, and the way to play that is to fade moves. So you get those quick moves. If you were fading yesterday, you were killing it. Because look at look at the moves. Just blow up that chart yesterday, Joel, from the S&P in the top left. The moves were wicked. Like really good moves. So obviously off the hop, you can see. Look at the look at the candles. Look, look at, at that those. You know, you're selling off. You're selling off 50. Then you rallied almost. That was handles. tough. Then you sat back that off is, 50 I know, handles. I know. It's, uh, you, it's you, the you, first you, day that I was able to play both sides of the kind of leverage plays, SQQQ and TQQQ. That just shows how much top there is out there. It's okay. all. Tough. I don't, as far as like, I, I you know, oh, different things can happen in the market. Diff, you know, some fat head could say something or interpret, but like right now, I'm looking at, uh, you know, where we're trading. I don't know if what if we have any eight, eight thirty retail numbers. sales, but uh, yeah, retail sales. I would love to see a pop in the retail sales. I'd sell like, a pop. I, I'm not even, I, I mean, like you're talking about the, you know, if it dips, fourth, I'm going to buy the dip. The, but the real, I, I don't, I don't feel like there's any chance that we're going to get back up to yesterday's highs today. I don't know that for sure. I'll sell we them can't if they even do. go on green yet. We, we can't, we, we're struggling to go green yet. I, I, I think, yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's pressure on this market. I think someone on the close yesterday said, you know what? This, that, that was not a good number. We didn't have a good earnings season. We got bad guidance. We're up near resistance. Boom, I'm out. I'm hitting, you know, they don't care. I mean, you know, they sell it down, you know, to us, it's a big deal. They sell it down 10 handles in six minutes, but I don't know. All right, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're down 1850. Uh, We're leaning on the pre-market low. Last week's low is a ways away, but I I don't know. I've been been wrong, been wrong before. 
but I just don't think I just don't think we're you don't have today. to though, Joel. You don't have to call this market. People are making the mistake here of trying to call this market. I've stopped trying to call this market for the last month. I've been saying that since the Goldman guy back in November said this market's impossible to call. I was like, you're right. I just trade and chop, trade moves, taking little profits, taking the five percent when you got it. It's how you've got to approach this market, you know. And obviously, you know, we had a great January. They were really moving up. The January effect came in. But we've kind of had that now. So now we're in a digestion period. And it's a battle between the bulls and the bears. And I don't know who's going to win. And I don't care who's going to win. But right now, I don't think we've got enough information here to distinctively say that, yeah, the bulls are winning here or the bears are winning. It's still a battle. So why bother trying to call this market? It's not your job as a trader to call the market. If you're a long-term investor, it is. My long-term investment portfolio 49% cash. I'm getting paid because I'm kind of wishy-washy. I've, I've brought it down a little bit. It was up to 56 or 57. So I bought a few things. You know, I bought some IBM. I bought a few conservative stocks. You know, the, the drug, another pharmaceutical company. Um, you know, I'm just mixing it up a little bit there. But for the most part, you know, what dictates your long-term performance is going to be your asset allocation. I'm still sitting with half cash because I'm just concerned that we're not out of the woods. But I might be wrong on that. But as a trader, I don't care about any of that. What I care about is the environment that we're in is telling me there's wicked rotation, there's choppiness, but there's great day trading action and great moves intraday. And not just intraday, after hours, there's great moves. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at the rotation here today. You can come in with your blinders on, look at the S&P and say, oh my gosh, we're down another 17 handles. What an ugly morning. And I'll tell you, this morning's actually pretty good for a lot of stocks here, Joel. You're wrong on a lot of parts. ARKK is trading up. 0.71%. You want to know why? Tesla's having a great morning here. You want to know why? Microsoft is up again every day. Microsoft up because they're chat mm-hmm. GPT products. I see it the down trade desk killing it on their yep. numbers. They're up 16% here right now. The growth stocks are on fire here this morning. So you can come in and look at the S&P and say, whoa, we're down 17. And it does not give you a feel for what this market is really doing. This market is selling some of the value names this morning really hard. Oil's trading down. Banks are trading down. Drug stocks trading down. The value names are going down. But the growth stocks are actually doing pretty good here this morning. Square is trading higher. You know, you've got NVIDIA is the only one bucking the trend, and it's down a little bit. I have a position on NVIDIA. Uh, But, I mean, this is a pretty impressive market here. All right. Well, just uh, what a great segue into shortening your time frame because the longest time frame trader of our our time – Kind of to me, I mean, for Warren, this has to be a scalp in TSM here. <laughs> I mean, right? This is a scalp. When does he t- I think he got out of 86 is, uh, 86% of his position. That That is surprising. Mitch, why don't you give us the details on that? All right. Well, I'll first talk about that TSM, and we'll stick with that right now. And then we can get into some other ones there. Uh, t- for TSM, he lowered his uh, share count here from 60 million uh, shares, now down towards 8.29 million shares. So that's a big cut right there. So definitely, we'll see. I, we don't know exactly when he cut it, but it didn't make a recent run up through those levels, right? So it doesn't look like he, he made too much on that, but took the money and run. This is that type of market. Well, he was buying in here. I mean, I did, you know, just going on to 13 Fs because this was the pop up, right? Uh, when he initially uh, announced it. So you have to go back, you know, over this time period. So, I mean, I think it, it he was probably buying when it was going down right here. That was yeah. Warren getting bids. And then to me, you know, because you have to look backwards at what he was doing, he was selling into the rally. I mean, I don't know if he started at 85, you know, 90 or whatever, but I mean, I think he took a pretty good uh, chunk of this trade. Des, can you remember Warren like getting in in like mid November and then getting rid of most of the stake in February? That's a short term trade for him. Well, no, he d- never does that. You yeah. Know? And obviously it popped up. So, I mean, if he's going to start doing that, he's going to really start killing it because the stocks go up 6 7% when he buys them and then, you know, goes down too. So, I mean, Warren Buffett has always had the edge that when he takes a new position, he's immediately up 5% in it because when he discloses that in his 13F filing, the stock's going to pop 3 or 4%. So, he's automatically up 4 or 5%. It's a nice way about, you know, the, his edge that he has. So, but he never usually sells into that. You get other smaller hedge fund managers that will sell into that. He's not usually like that, but in this case, he was because we know he just bought this. 
because uh, it was disclosed and then he turns around and sells the whole thing so what to pop up on you know his buy and then he sells into it that's what a lot of uh, these other hedge fund managers do which is brutal but is warren going to start doing this i don't know so in any in any regard here he did it here also so, why why would he get out of tsm right i didn't think that's what you need to be asking yourself also if he felt that this was a long-term position and he was going to hold it for that move why would he get out of the position i think it's things that we need to be thinking about right I, I think I think you make a good point. I think it's why me and you, Mitch, have been scared of TSM for a while. We still think there's a potential invasion of China going into Taiwan. Maybe Warren's thinking like that too. I think that's on the table. I think that's the next you know, ball to drop here. I think it can happen this year, but it hasn't happened. We thought it might happen last year, and it yep. hasn't happened. I think it's still potential to happen, though. It's why I don't touch Taiwan Semiconductor. It's why I'm even light on China stocks because I'm, I'm spooked on them. Yeah, PJ talking about too much China stuff going on, right? I mean, uh, China just yesterday talked about how they said that we had balloons above China, right? And they're saying that we've flown over China multiple times with our balloons. Yeah. All the reasons why I have 50% cash in my long-term portfolio. It's the only reason because I tell you, the tape would say, what are you doing? You should be buying stocks because we've, you know, we've turned it. Sentiment has turned silver lining market. But what keeps me with half cash. And again, remember, I have two accounts. I have a long-term investment portfolio and I have a trading account. My trading account is much larger than my long-term investment portfolio because I'm using that capital to, you know, trade with. I've been trading that. A little bit leaning long, but again, trading that just chop. You know, I'm kind of neutral on that right now. Sometimes I lean long, sometimes I lean short, sometimes a lot of times I'm leaning market neutral. I'm pretty much market neutral right now because it's a real battle. But again, when we start ripping higher, we get an 830 number that we rip higher and we selling stocks. We get an 830 number that we start, you know, it's just getting killed on and we buying stocks. And that's, you know, what I'm doing on my trading portfolio. And the long-term investment portfolio, though, where I've got, you know, these holdings that I hold, some of them for decades, some of them for, you know, a shorter period of time um i'm sitting with still half cash because i don't know like i i see all this stuff and i'm like it doesn't make sense for me to come in here and invest in an s p that's 20 times earnings when the earnings are declining when the rates are higher and we've got potential problems with you know geopolitical risk with you know coming from china russia wherever all kinds of reasons not to be fully invested in this market but there's all kinds of reasons to trade it from the long side too so you can do both well, let's um, we're trading down. We we. Uh, I'm just going to go this TSM yeah. real quick. This is going to be a tough one if he came in long. Uh, the initial news hit it traded down to 91.19, so down 556. Just because Warren sold, I don't know what I maybe what I'd wait for on this one, and this would be you know going back into the the bag of tricks here from November. Um, you got the pop right off the Warren buy. And you had some other gaps in here. I can't remember, you know, going on in November. But, you know, maybe maybe let it breathe for a couple of days. And then maybe it gets back up to this 95 area. And then that will be – and I'm not talking about today, but, you know, the bullishness that you guys are talking about, the continued upside action, you know, maybe, you, you know, you mosey back up to this 95 area. But I think that's going to be uh, – that would fill the gap, major resistance for a while on the downside – if you take out the pre-market low, your next daily low comes in at 90 even if you're looking for another target on the downside. All right. Now where uh, Berkshire did add was, of course, their darling Apple, of course, uh, adding 333,856 shares to Apple in the last quarter of 2022, bringing the stake now to a whopping 895 million 136,175 shares, a whopping stake worth a staggering 137 billion. Yes, with a B at the end of that dollars. What a wow. move. not selling Apple, stake. but that, that was very small. So he basically just didn't do much at all with Apple. That's why you're not seeing a response. He had two major moves here. LPX he added to significantly here. That's why Louisiana Pacific is trading higher. And he also added mm -hmm. to his Paramount, P-A-R-A. -A. So those were the two significant ads. He had no new positions. We know he sold. The biggest move off one, though, is what you've already talked about, is the Taiwan Semiconductor selling the majority of the stake. He sold some others. He sold, I believe, some of the, a couple of his banks. He did a few other things. But okay. if you're looking for Warren moves here, and, and I, I just want to summarize quickly. I've traded 13Fs for 20 years. I'm pretty good at it. 
I'll tell you in this market, it used to matter. Like if you go back 10, 15 years ago, a lot of the other ones matter. They don't anymore. The one that matters is Warren. Warren matters the most. It's like the one, the one that algos focus on. It's the one that everybody focuses on. There's some smaller ones. And if somebody takes a new position, a smaller stock, it can move around. But Warren has more influence than he ever has. So people are just like, if there's a new position, it just goes crazy higher. There's no new positions. But even on the ads, like he never used to get the love on the ads. But Paramount was up, it's up 2% here right now in a bad tape on, you know, adding to the position there. And LPX was actually up further this morning, but it's come off a little bit here. Again, probably the tape hitting it because the market's coming off. But it was at 68.5 this morning. So so you'll see a lot coming through your pro if you're using your SEC filings. I'd say focus on that Warren report the most. A lot of these smaller ones just simply don't matter. Yeah, Tapper, you, you, I mean, these other people, it just doesn't uh, doesn't seem, and it also depends on the stock, right, Dennis? I mean, you know, these big cap stocks a lot, a lot harder to move is when they come into uh, uh, coming to some of the other things. Before we move on from Warren here, and I did not go over this, did did he do something, anything in Activision? Uh, he sold a little bit of it. He sold a, a little, little bit. bit of it. Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't catch that one. Okay, a little bit because someone said he. I thought someone said he was out, and I'd be no, like, he's not out. I didn't yeah. look at the numbers, so I actually don't okay. know. I, I know he sold some though, because okay. I saw it go by. I didn't actually compare on the Activision Blizzard, but I know he sold some of it. Yeah, okay. and I, I have a minus seven point four two million for shares on there. Um, so he dropped a, a decent amount, about twelve percent of the position. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. We'll take a look. What else is going on? Let's get out of the 13 Fs. Let's go to Upstart Holdings. This one was an interesting one and things that we got to catch, right? My this gosh. one was at a loss here of 25 cents. Beat the loss of 47 cent estimate. Sales of 147 million. Beat the 133.59 million estimate. And climbing back here. We'll see what happens. So there's a play here, and it's exact opposite to last year. I can remember saying this last year that in some of these earnings seasons, like back in September, it was like, you could just be short these growth names because the ones that miss go down, the ones that actually beat rally and then go down anyways. It's the exact opposite, and this is how you know you're in a bull market for growth. We're in the exact opposite market here right now, where you actually have growth stocks that miss and then they buy them back anyways. And the growth stocks that beat, like TTD, which we'll get to in a second, just go and keep going. So, I mean, there's actually a play to be long. Every growth stock in here. And then you get the nice rip when you're right. And when you're wrong, it seems like the market bails you out anyways because the buy-the-dip mentality from all these institutional money managers that don't have enough growth or just underneath demand is just insane right now. So, upstart, same thing. Not a great quarter. Doesn't matter. It traded down 20% from the algorithms, the dumb news algos, right on the initial print. That thing got bought back in five minutes and now trading scratch. I mean, the, the bounce backs in the growth names are just unbelievable when they go down. You just, and, and again, you've got to pick your poison. You can't just buy any name on a dip because if it's not growthy, they're not bouncing back like that. But the growth ones, holy mackerel, they seem like they're just bouncing back. There's always outliers. Somebody's going to probably call me out and say this one or this one. Nothing is 100%. If everything worked 100% of the time, we would just make all the money in the world and that would be it. You know, an edge is 52, 53% of the time is a good edge. You get a 60% edge, you're killing it. So if it happens 60% of the time, you're making money. 1467 is where they uh they took it down to i'm trying to find something on the dailies that correlates with that i'm really not finding anything there was a 1497 though so kind of unsure about the uh, uh the downside here as far as support goes but coming back up here you love when they they buy they bring it back to scratch right down a nickel you did trade in the green so the onus right now is on the bulls for this rally to continue get this thing bid uh take out the high from yesterday uh which is 50 cents away at 1730 and then you know Rally back some more. I would say though, if the bulls can't get you know can't get it green, sustain it green, you know, in the first you know fifteen minute bracket, you know, then maybe you get a look at some lower prices here. But uh, still indecision, only trading down a nickel here in upstart. Um, right. The decision was made. They came in and they bought that dip. So I don't know where it goes from here. Again, when you see a stock trade down the print, and this was a, a trader, bright trading was just messaging me last night. He's like, they almost seem to go back to scratch, and I'm like. 
yeah, it's hard for them to get back through scratch because you get people who are like, boom, and buying the dip and they get back to the thing and they're like, holy cow, I'd have to take the money and run. So it's funny when they get these dips, they seem to come back to scratch and struggle at scratch. So, and that's kind of what is happening here with Upstart struggling at scratch. Right. I don't know where it goes from here. It wasn't a great report. It wasn't like, you know, rah, rah, you know, this is awesome. Let's go. But again, there you can't argue with the buy the dip mentality and growth names right now. All right, let's go to Airbnb as they reported their report here. And uh, one thing that I looked at yesterday before the close was I was seeing how Marriott was closing. And that gave me a little bit more confidence in the Airbnb report. But they did have a great one here. EPS, 48 cents beat the 25 cent estimate. Sales at 1.9 beat the 1.86 billion. Airbnb sees Q1, 23 revenue at 1.75 billion versus a 1.69 billion estimate. Gross booking value at 13.5 billion, up 20% year over year. And Nights and Experience booked 88.2 million, up 20% year over year. Uh, CEO Brian Cheeksky said that they're very excited about possibilities of AI. Yes, they mentioned AI on the earnings report. Wouldn't you know that one, team? So keep watch on that. See how Why it not? affects the stock. And we'll see. Um, for me, Airbnb has been something that I've had a big long line since uh, May 13th off of the 123, 125 area. So I'm going to be looking for pullbacks there to see if I can buy the dip. I've liked Airbnb for a long time and I'm kind of ticked off that I didn't buy it. I was even saying this at 105 um, when it was back in November. I was like, I think if you're buying it here, you'd be happy. It went a lot lower after that. It went down to $82. It was on my shopping list. I never bought it. Shame on me. Um, now it's up at 130. I'm thinking, why did I not buy that? Because I, I don't wanted think you're it. too late. It, it, it might give us another chance. Think about where it IPO'd, right? It IPO'd at 146. <laughs> Again, valuation here is not cheap, though. So that's probably what keeps me out of it the most. Even when it was going down to 82, it still wasn't cheap, but it was cheap relative to itself. So I think if you get another chance here in the low 100s, you absolutely take that chance. Just my opinion. I'm not chasing. I cannot chase in this market. This is not a buy the rip market. This is a buy the dip market. So I'm again, I don't make a lot of money chasing stocks and buying them up 10 bucks. If they go another 10, so be it. They go without me. Um, I also don't like shorting rocket ships either, but so I usually stay out of these earnings plays when they're ripping higher. But I think if you get, you know, I think again, it's the play is buy the dip on the earnings, not so much selling the, or selling the rip. Wow. We got up to one thirty five sixty six on that. And you've just, you know, you've kind of had a minor pullback out to the one thirty area. So the bulls, this is just short term trading here. Looking at the 15 minute chart. Uh, 130. I'd like to see it hold that. And then uh, you always want to see it go back up and challenge the pre-market high. Uh, that's a good five, six bucks away. Not sure what the expected move on this is. Uh, the um, the monthlies uh, give you a level at 130. Uh, that's going back to November of last year, 129.38. And if you're looking for a 50% retracement of this whole move here, Maybe not wouldn't happen today, but that would take you up back up to the 150 area. And that would not be, uh, you know, long term. That could be a nice target on the upside. But getting a lot today, better hold 130, pre-market high 135.66. All right, go wide here. Just go ahead. What happened here? Retail sales. sales. Retail sales. Buy the dip. Mm. Buy the dip. Let's get it there. Buy the dip. All right. Well, let's we go We don't ahead. give let's financial do- advice. <laughs> Retail sales year over year is prior with 6.02. Retail sales month over month. Uh, consensus is 1.8. Prior was one point, uh, negative 1.1. We'll see what happens here. Also getting Empire State Manufacturing. Let's see as it hits the tape here. We'll see as, it, as I get it. How's the reaction at least from the start? The initial hit. Let's see what happens. I mean, we started around 410.70 on SPY. We just dipped down the 409s already buying the dip, Joel. I mean, we're already we're already I'm six seven handles from where I'm we just ticked. <laughs> not buying any dip. No. You, you don't have you to trade. You it. didn't get you much dip. You can sit back, You don't have to have to trade. You can sit back now. You're you're and six you can watch the bulls take control, right? Now you can sit back and just collect five percent. Here we go. Not oh, that's true. Stuff. And if you want to do that, I have no problem with that. I'm doing some of that on some of my long term money. But retail sales coming in good. I have to trade to pay the bills. But I'll tell you, know you right what? now, you joked about just buying the dip. 
This is exactly what they just did. Exactly. I mean, that was the retail sales. We're were 10 there. points off the lows one minute later. Dennis, I've been observing your long-term calls in the market for a long time. And you had talked about uh, 4,200 for the longest time. Yeah. And you said, if we get back up to 42, you were saying this at 3,700, 3,800. You were saying if it get you in your long-term calls, you know, you know, that, you know, you've taken some heat on this stuff. But the part of my reason I'm looking for a turn in the market is respecting your long-term opinion. We talked that day and you said, you know, man, 40, I can't believe it. We're back at 4,150, 4,200. Right. And you said, my plan was to take more off. And that's, what, and that's what you did. So I you're did. following, I'm going with the long-term dentist right now. Not The, the long-term dentist is still sitting with way too much cash. The short term is like buy every dip because we're just going higher. It's like, I'm almost hedging myself in my trading account because my long-term is so much cash. So I'm like biased, but you can't argue with it. I mean, this is just fade everything. It's not even buy the dip. It's sell the rip and buy the dip. You know, here we are. We sell off 12 points literally on the first 10 seconds of that number. They buy it right back. We just went back to where we were prior to the number. Now they're starting to sell it off again. So chop is the name of the game. That is what is happening right now. How do you play chop? You tr you fade every move. You're fading everything. Not necessarily an earnings move, but you know fundamental market moves. Just, you know, boom, boom, we're down 30 handles. I'm buying it. Oh, we're right. 30 handles. Oh, and all the breakout traders are like, here we go. We're going to go to 4,200. No, 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 we're not. We're just going to keep chopping around. Those are the traders we're taking money from right now. Take money from those momentum guys right now because you don't have any momentum in this market. The momentum right now is sideways. So sometimes they have up momentum. Sometimes they have down momentum. The momentum right now in the market is sideways. This is the momentum. So if you want to trade the momentum, you're fading up here and you're fading down here. I think you continue to do that. I think it continues to work. Mitch, what were the numbers? Because I just want to talk about, you know, maybe the implications of the retail mm -hmm. sales slowing. Maybe the inflation is getting to the consumer. Maybe they're not going out to eat as much. Maybe they're not buying as much stuff. Maybe uh, Jerome Powell is getting the, uh, you know, getting the economy to slow down. What exactly were the numbers? Opposite of what you're saying there, Joel, showing strong uh, retail sales, 3% versus 1.8. So they're so still a little bit higher. Okay. And remember, then we had a negative number prior to this. So we went from negative to positive 3%. Okay. That's a big flip there. Core retail sales month over month, January 2.3 versus a 0 0.8 estimate. So also showing jumps there in the core retail sales. So it seems like the consumer, at least for right now, they're still somehow spending. still spending. So oh, they're somehow. finding the money. They are still spending. The store is still busy. Dennis, they're tell finding. me where they're looking because I need some. I think we very much underestimated how much <laughs> equity people have in their homes too. And you know, hmm. I was talking with my real estate broker, and is obviously everything doing? is different everywhere you go. Some people have more equity or not. If you look in Ontario, and we'll just go to Ontario, the housing prices are up so much from where they were ten years ago. The people are just sitting with a hell of a lot of equity in their homes. Well, that's equity that they can actually take out. And, you know, you, you say, oh, it's equity in your homes. What good is it? No, you can take that out if you want. You know, they'll lend you money on that. So, I mean, equity in your homes is an asset. And I think we very much underestimated how much equity is in people's homes. I mean, people's houses have, like, doubled in the last five years. So if you had a $300,000 house, it's probably worth six now, five years later. So, I mean, if you... Went your three hundred thousand dollar house and you have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage, so you had fifty thousand dollars in equity. All of a sudden, no, you don't anymore. Your six hundred thousand dollar house and you have two fifty. You have three hundred and fifty thousand equity. That's three hundred grand, Mitch. So I mean, this market is going to take a while to break because I think we very much underestimated how much equity people have in their homes and. Even if they're losing their job, people are getting severances. You know, I talk about, you know, the person I knew that lost their job at, you know, at Facebook and they got a year and a half or a year severance or something. You know, they're, they're getting paid still to wait. We haven't really, if, if interest rates stay up here for five years, people will start hurting. But interest rates have only been up here for a few months here yet. People just aren't hurting yet. And again, I don't know if they're going to start hurting because here it's stuffing starting to tick higher again. I think the biggest issue that we're going to see here is that inflation is going to start ticking back up. I keep thinking that the Fed's going to beat inflation. And I think I'm wrong about that. I think actually that the Fed is starting to lose this battle to inflation because I go to the grocery store. I see what's going on. I mean, show my Twitter account from yesterday. The juice that I bought, I have the smoothies in the morning. I put juice in a half water, half juice. 
and I buy this box of juice, and it's always been, you know, this Oasis juice. It's always a buck forty-nine, and then sometimes it goes on sale and it's a buck nineteen, and I load up. The new price all of a sudden, Joel, wasn't a buck forty-nine. <sighs> the regular price went to two nineteen. I'm like, it didn't go up ten percent. It didn't go up twenty percent. They jacked that price fifty percent overnight, from the regular price of a dollar forty-nine to a new regular price of two nineteen. How do you jack the price up that much on that product overnight? I joke, you know, I said about the cottage cheese. I used to buy the Nordica cottage cheese for the big tub in Canada. It was $4.99. It's now $6.99. I mean, these are not small price increases. And then you start to talk about, you know, the building costs, you know, on houses. And this, and my real estate buddy's saying again, he's seeing housing prices tick back up because the building costs are astronomical. So anybody who is looking at building a house is going to look out there and say, well, no, I'd rather just go buy a house here because the building costs are just insane. They were building in Ontario pre-COVID at around 300 to 400 bucks a square foot. I talked with the builders. I've talked with like, you know, the other companies up here now. That number is now 400 to 700 a square foot. Two years later, building costs went from 300 to 400 is now 400 to 700. The high-end homes at 450 are now 700 a square foot to build them. So, I mean, you're literally, you're talking about 50, 60% increases in the home construction costs. That's got to eventually show up, you know, in the real estate prices too. So if real estate ticks down a little bit because of interest rates, the building costs, just bring them right back up because those building costs, half that's labor. That's sticky. That's not going back down. Do you think you're going back down to building a house for 300 bucks a square foot in Ontario? Probably not. I know, yes, in Florida and other places, you can build houses cheaper than that. But Ontario Canadian dollars, they're building now 400 on the cheap end. Pre-COVID, it was 250 even in some places on the cheap end. 300 was decent. 250 on the cheap end. So from the cheap end from 250 to 4, higher end, 450 to 700. You literally put your building costs up 50, 60% in two years. Not going back down. That's where it gets a little difficult, especially at least uh, like mortgage applications. We saw mortgage applications down again, but I don't think that's really making too big of an effect right now on the market. I almost feel like they, they kick it to the side as soon as they see the mortgage application. I mean, because the home builders aren't going down either, right? So it's like, you know, tale of two stories there, at least from the home builders and what we see. And, and you know what? It's not even the tale of two stories, Mitch. You know why they're not going down? People are paying it. Again, you got the Palatine, you got those. And in the U.S., they're building them cheaper. You know, one, you've got scales, you know, obviously economies of scale down there. Um, You know, and some of these companies are building cookie cutter homes, which are going to build cheaper as well. But, I mean, people are paying it, Joel. People still want what they want. You've got this YOLO mentality. You can't break from COVID. COVID changed the world. It used to be a saver's world, save for tomorrow. COVID came in and people are like, what if there is no tomorrow? I want to live my life how I want to live it now. So the saving mentality of like save for a rainy day is gone. And that is what the Fed is fighting right now. They're not just fighting, you know, that, oh, yeah, interest rates were low and people can do what they want. They're fighting this mentality that, no, I want what I want and I want it now. YOLO. They're fighting YOLO. It's going to be a hard fight. They're not beating this inflation down here in the next year. What if they took some of that uh, that equity out of their home too, and, and you know, uh, put it in some interest bearing, uh, you know, investments? And uh, I don't know how many people, you know, lighten up around, you know, the market on, you know, on the way up. But uh, you know, there is other alternative. You know, instead of paying that mortgage at five percent, well people had mortgages lower than that now it's the exact opposite now they you know they pull some you know if they pulled or they sold i mean we know we know prices got absolutely out of control during the uh uh during the pandemic but i just think it's the kind of same thing with inflation like housing prices went up right and they peaked and they're coming down but just like inflation they're not they're not going to come down you know, like the way that they went up. And that's what you were alluding to. We, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have some, uh, we have some sticky inflation here, but uh, it's, it's going to be sticky. What about our guest? Uh, well, our guest. Uh, yeah. Our guest. Yeah, we have a cancellation on. on oh, our so guest I can today, rant forever so. here. Yeah. 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 I was like, well, I'm going to keep us moving like... here. I'm going to keep us moving. Let's get moving. We got more to talk about. Let's go to silver gate capital. As this really gets interesting. One thing that we've been looking at, right. Is markets are going up. 
Will the Bitcoin follow, right? Will the cryptocurrency follow? Well, Silvergate Capital has been starting to come back. Now Silvergate Capital is trading higher after Citadel reports a 5.5% stake in the company. Don't know what you guys think about that, but uh, I don't know if I want to be in front of the train from Citadel, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I also don't want to fight Citadel either. So just it's a hard you, decision now. You can't fight Kenny. And, yeah. I, and as soon as that hits, you knew it was going to be popping off of that. It's got a short interest in there. And mm -hmm. Citadel comes in and takes a stake. That is something I'm That's not huge. That And huge. again, you know, yesterday you see it, you know, it pops up. It opens at 15.99 and pop back down. It was a stake. It was actually a stake. I believe it was taken even pre-market. So you had an opportunity when it pulled back. It gapped up on the initial stake and then it pulled back for you. And, you know, they talked about that all day. They even talked about it last night on Fast Money. And they're talking about the stake. And or it was actually after Fast Money. This Kramer's off this week. I think he's still mourning the Eagles' loss, so he hasn't been on all week. So they have a six o'clock show, six to seven. So Silvergate Capital, they talked about on that show, and it was like seventeen forty. And then they start talking about the short interest, and they start talking about Kenny, and they start talking about Citadel being wow. in there, and it just kept blasting off. And as they were talking about it, it went up another you know six percent just because CNBC was talking about it. So, I mean, this is what happens. You know, you get the person talk that takes the stake. It gets the initial algo pop off it. But then you get media that can't stop talking about it. And then that continues to move the price higher as well. There is a high short interest in there, too. And that gets all the Redditors excited and everybody in you know, Wall Street bets. Oh, yeah, let's squeeze them. I mean, well, actually, you're benefiting Kenny here by squeezing this one now because he's the one making the money. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but you can't argue. You want to know who the goat of trading is. You want to know who the goat? And it's Ken Griffin. I mean, the guy... Is just, you know, you can hate him. And, you know, obviously he's made money in a lot of different ways. But I will tell you, there is nobody that has figured out how to make more money off of Robinhood than Ken Griffin. And obviously it's payment for order flow. Your orders don't go to the market. They go to Kenny first. He takes a look and says, hey, do I want to take the other side of it or not? This is payment for order flow. This is what it's all about. And I mean, you guys wanted free give him props. He has created a monster company. He is the best returns. He is the goat of trading. Kenny, he is the goat. You make it like such a personal basis. Uh, you put your order in, it goes right to Kenny's desk. It does. He, Kenny, Kenny takes a look at it. Kenny says, do I want to trade against this? No, we'll let that one flow through the market. Oh, no, I'm taking the other side of this. It's like one. the government. They take the other trading. side of most of them, believe me, because you guys, retail traders pay the spread normally. And Kenny gets the spread. That's how they make. That's how Citadel is so consistent. The market making firm, they're making the spread. That GameStop, they're making the spreads. The spreads are here. Yeah, they, they're selling here, buying here, selling here, buying here. All day they're making that spread. Spread, 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 spread. That is. This how is Citadel, why I don't like free commissions. Two, two different companies: the market making division and the hedge fund. But the market making division kills it just like this. They're making it off your market orders, folks. It's tough. It's uh, tough. got a nice pop over $19. Uh, had a really nice day yesterday. So if you want a little target, just a short-term target for today, 1946. That's going to take some heavy lifting here. We pulled back a buck uh, off that hype. Uh, but really, not even the high for the year yet. If you're looking at, wow, this got February 2nd. This got to 2471. Uh, your high close for the year is closer to $21 at $20.97. Uh, but I, I like this 1935 number uh, a little bit more now uh, because that was your February 8th high. So keep an eye on that, folks. Uh, nice run yesterday. Getting some file through today. We'll see what happens there in Silvergate. I will keep on watch today. Coin and also MSTR. I think they could maybe run off some sympathy off this. We'll see what happens, especially MSTR. I think you gotta be careful on all lift. that stuff right now. One, it still was so so again. This January effect is the longest lingering January it's effect. February effect now. We're six weeks into it, and it's still those are your strongest stocks. The losers from 2022 are the winners from 2023. You know, you got Kathy Wood doing her victory dance here. Yep, I'm going back to yeah. 200. We're or our ETF's gonna be up 10,000 percent or whatever the heck she said. Um I mean, this is, you know, where we're at. She's hot right now. Don't argue with Kathy right now. She actually is hot right now. So this is the pullback here. The little pullback that you just had in ARKK was probably a buying opportunity. I would stop myself. So I set up the trade for you. Long Kathy right now. 
I'm not in it, but I, you know, I'm just setting it up as a potential. 38.57 is the low of the move. Maybe you stop yourself out there, give yourself room, but the trend is still clearly higher in January. Overall trend is yes, clearly down. Things can change, but we're through earnings season here. What is your really the 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 big the the biggest risk to this market right now is geopolitical risk. That is the biggest risk. So you know, all of a sudden, the spy stuff starts to blow up more. All these, all these, you know, silver metallic objects, you know, end up being China, which they probably are. And you know, we start getting more of a war with China. That's the biggest risk to this market. But it's not so much earnings because you're coming out of earnings season here now, and the bad earnings they were buying them anyways. And you know, we know interest rates. You know, we know inflation data, but we just got by the CPI here. There's a little window here for the bulls yet. PPI tomorrow too. That's yeah, big. So, but again, yeah. the CPI wasn't great. They bought it anyway. So I'm not sure PPI is going to like bring yeah, the bears always, back. It's always uh, it's always it. been a, a secondary number, though. I but. think so. All right, let's uh, earnings, 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 earnings. Let's go Rich. to Roblox. Roblox ripping right now after they came out with their earnings really close to the beginning of the show. It's up, I think, like a decent amount. I think like 16% last time I checked. Uh, but Roblox EPS coming in here at a loss of 48 cents, beating the loss of 52 cent estimate. Sales at 899.43 million beat the 881.41 million estimate. And this is just right now. The kind of stocks that yep. they're showing some love for. Oh. And they're going to continue until that changes, right? I'll say it again. There's a trade right now to belong every gross stock into the earnings reports because the ones that dip seem to come back. There's going to be ones that kill you. And, you know, things can change. But, I mean, if you let's just say, let's hypothetically. At 75% of them. Let's look right? at the last. Let's look at last night into today. So you've All got right. growthy stocks, you know, that we're reporting. I put Airbnb in there. It's way up. Um, you could throw like a lithium in there, but that's lower P. I wouldn't even put that in there because the P is not crazy on that thing. Bring in the chart um, so you can I'm looking at high piece yeah. upstart clearly. So upstart clearly. Look what happened to upstart. Disappointing numbers. They brought it down to 14 and change last night. Boom, 17.55. Bulls Roblox. are doing their work. Kills they got it, it green there. Yeah, look at that. PTD up 16%. These are enormous moves here, folks. This is telling you, this is stuff that is not indicative of a bear market. This is stuff that is indicative of a bull market here right now. So again, we're still chopping around and I don't know where we're going long-term, but I can tell you short-term, they are still hungry for growth stocks. They hated these stocks last year and people are literally looking at these things and saying, these things are really beat up still. And I mean, Roblox is still beat up significantly here. It gave back half of its run from January in about a week. So now boom, it gets it all back in one day. Start looking at pullbacks on growth names because you know what folks, they're still hot. 41.58 was the prior higher uh, of the move there in Roblox with a 40.48 high close of the move. You did sneak over 42 here. So you're you're right back at the high for the year in Roblox. If you felt you missed it, that was your target. Well, you're getting a look at it today. 41.58, still trading above it as we speak. Uh, as far as where you're looking for resistance above that, huh? There's not much in here. You had a big red bar back in November when you went to 45 to 40. So thin on, uh, you know, thin on bids on the way up. Uh, could be thin on offers uh, or thin on bids on the way down. Maybe thin on offers on the way up. That's a real nice area. If you want to try and hold out for that, the 45 and a half area. All right, we'll keep going. Let's get out of Roblox. Let's go to the trade desk. You just mentioned it right there. So let's get to that earnings EPS here. 38 cents beat the 36 cent estimate. Sales at 491 million beat the 490.49 million estimate. They do see Q1 revenue at 363 million plus versus a 360.94 million estimate. They also announced a $700 million buyback. Wow. And man, I, I kind of I mean I'm not I'm not a proponent of like taxing these buybacks, but holy crap, man! <laughs> you know how much money that you could, could be making off of taxing those buybacks? We we need to we need to we need to address that. It, it's it's crazy though to think about taxing the buybacks because all you're doing is taking money away from the shareholders. There, I mean, but the is money it is really give, they can the give it back to the shareholders, right? But the shareholders, they when they get it back, then they have to pay tax on it too. So I mean, it can't uh, double tax. So I, I would mean, much rather have it. Taxing the buyback is just basically double taxing. People are taxed enough. I mean, again, you know what the high rate I've said it before on Ontario, the high tax rate on Ontario is fifty three point eight percent. Five three point eight. 
Love on every, Canada. you know, everything you make over, I think it's 180 grand or whatever it is 200 grand. You only keep 47 point whatever. It is, 40, yeah, I know it's ridiculous. 46.2 or whatever it adds up to. That's what you keep. You know what that does? Just disincentivizes anybody from trying after so much. So, or you have to get corporations. You have to find ways around it. And yeah. I mean, the the tax rates are just unbelievable. I know people think the rich don't pay tax. They do. They pay a lot of tax. Fifty nine fifty. Just going back to the trade desk. Uh, that was your October seventh high. So uh, if we get a, a bit over fifty eight in the pre market, we just stuck over fifty eight. And if you're a gap filled trader, also going back to October uh, sixty one ten. Uh, was a gap down from uh, October 6th and 7th. So if you're looking uh, for more targets on the upside, where to buy this thing on the dip, uh, I'll leave it to you. Shorter term traders because uh, up almost 16%, 788, trading right near the highs of the pre-market session. You weren't buying that dip, Joel, though. But no, I, I know. I got it. I got it. But I'm selling this rip. <laughs> you, you can. You know what? Guys, I think, I think <laughs> we're, we're good. We're clear. I don't think. I, I, I just, feel like this show changed my whole feeling towards the growth stocks because they're ripping so higher. I almost want to go through and look at every growth stock that has pulled back 50% from its high from like seven, eight days ago because some of them have done that and buy those. You know, and Kathy is not quite there. Like ARKK didn't quite pull back 50%. It went from 30 to 45. Dang close, though. 37 and, and change would have been a 50% retracement for that. And it's starting oh, to come it? back off. I think you got to look at 50% retracements on the January effect on some of these names. And I think you got to be looking at buying some of these nosebleed zombie companies because right now, that is what they like. I mean, this upstart, this trade desk here now just killing. And, and again, some of these aren't zombies. Some of these are actually making some money. But... I, I'm just like looking. What's on the agenda for tonight? Let's look at what's on. Well, Roku's, <laughs> Roku's up for tonight. It's pulled back hard off the lows. I mean, I'm just looking at, oh, Shopify is going to report tonight here too. Let's look. Upwork's going to report. Where's Upwork? It's pulled back. TXG, there's a nice Kathy ugly name for you here. Ring Central RNG. <laughs> I'm just looking at, you know, those growthy you types said, of you names. You said TXG or RXG? RNG. TXG. That was like yeah. 10 times genomics or something like that. That's anything. always been a Kathy name. I think you got to start looking at the pullbacks and the growth names, the recent pullbacks here and stuff that hasn't went yet. I think you got to start looking at potentially just, you know, this is just my trading. You know, just, I'm not saying, you know, this is the holy grail here, but I'm saying the pullbacks here are getting starting to get bought in those growth names, and maybe we should be looking long. All right, let's get to or the Or maybe next just one. buy ARC. Right, yeah, someone just threw arc. that in the chart. I'll well, you, you got a level to lean on in the arc, right? Because you had uh, three lows. Kathy, this does this. This will make two or three lows. Yeah, in this and, then, and then blast area. out of there. Yeah, and um, you get a pullback, maybe. The problem is now it feels like it. I feel like today it's like I feel like you had the pullback. I wish we had this conversation two days ago. <laughs> Hindsight uh, Capital, 2020 again. Uh, what did we went? We went for the trends, baby. Trends are your friend to the eight. The January effect, yeah. The January 42. trend is higher, and you're getting that pullback, and you've got that pullback in some of these names. EMAs, not a bad, not a bad call, Mr. Mitch. Forty-two, yeah, forty-two bucks right is halfway back on this one for the little break. So if you did scoop it up here um, on the triple bottom, you always like to see, right? You had the big move up, a little bit of a counter move. Then, you know, how much of this move can you get back from this uh, 45, 46 high down to this 38, 57 low? Uh, there you go. You got uh, uh, eight point move, right? Seven point move. Take half of that, three and a half. That takes you right up to the $42 area. Uh, 40, not 42.68, but uh, 42. Uh, if you're looking for a target, that's only, that's only 75 cents away in today's session. What about a firm? Uh, I'll bring you. Hey, uh, I want to. I don't have a position in this one yet. I'm looking at it. Sleepy. What about a firm, Joel? And then mm -hmm. Mitch, sorry to interrupt. I just no, you're good, in the same conversation. That's a good, good looking chart. Eleven. Good looking chart. That's a good joke. <laughs> it went from twenty two seventy five down to thirteen. I don't know if it's good looking or not. It's definitely through the fifty percent retracement. Lean on the low of the move. So you could look. There you go. Keep an eye on Upstart. Upstart will dictate a firm to a certain extent here today. A firm probably would have had a really bad day, but Upstart's turned green on bad numbers. I think yeah. it's a sleepy trade in a firm. Stop yourself on the low of the move. I like that, Joe. 1198 to stop. You could buy here at a 13 and a quarter here right now. You're risking 10%. I hate risking 10% or more. But I mean, I don't know. I think what there's about an opportunity lift? here. What about lift? Oh, it's so ugly. 
I say yeah. stick with the growth. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Ten bucks. Stop yourself out on the low of the move there too. Yeah, stopping yourself on the low of the move. I think there's a play here. And again, if you're wrong, you stop yourself out. Remember how we set up trades is we don't look at the return. We look first at the risk. Then we analyze where from there does the return make sense. I mean, could lift start in that gap here? Could lift see 12 bucks here again? It could. I think the pullback and lift isn't a bad idea. I'd stop myself out below 10, though. That's where I would stop myself out. Again, it's, it's, it, it's a cringe buying this crap because a lot of this is – sorry, lift, you know, the corporate executives. But a lot of this is crap. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cringe crappy stocks, not necessarily crappy companies, but sometimes they go hand in hand. Um, I cringe thinking about buying some of these trashy stocks. But I tell you, from today's action, looks like it feels like a little dashy for trashy type of day. You want to run through? I'm sorry, Mitch. Just one more, and it's a little bit uh, a different kind of a chart because uh, Dennis is talking about buying these, uh, you know, on support, you know, after pullbacks. Uh, But I'm looking at this one. Look at this uh, this unity here, just bumping up, you know, just over forty bucks here on the monthlies. Just trying to get up. You are trading above it now at uh, uh, at forty eighty two, up a buck ten. Uh, but this is a little bit different of a play. You're you're buying strength. You're trying to buy a breakout on the monthly. So I just uh, there's a little bit different setup there in uh, the letter U Unity. But what are you, what is there. that chart on the right? You're looking on Unity. Holy, that actually, it's a monthly. It's amazing when you look at that and you think, what a run for Unity. And then you're like, oh what a, my what, yeah, gosh. Smashing. It looks smashing like it's at the low stuff. still. <laughs> smashing. It, it, it there's does. room here. You know what? Well, the Unity too. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Dennis is going to be uh, down to uh, 20% cash tomorrow. Are you going to make me buy? Is he buys Unity, and then, and then Upstart? You know what's going to happen the next day when I'm all in all these trashy stocks is China's going to go invade Taiwan? No, you only need one <laughs> and company to go bankrupt. Up. What he's, if one uh, company goes bankrupt there from one of those growth names? He's Could putting his wife in, uh, in Snap because they, of the way that's... These growth names go bankrupt, they go higher. <laughs> Fed Bath & Beyond was basically saying we're going bankrupt and all of a sudden went from two to seven and then they raised capital oh, to not Lord. go bankrupt. The Redditors. The Redditor put. Is it Redditors? All right. Is that who's the... Well, uh, Dad, I, I, wanted just, to I don't want to get you upset about something, but did you see this mobile eye? Oh my gosh! And and you know what? I was upset about this yesterday. Mobileye, Elon, you see what you higher. start? Actually, Mobileye could have a decent data. To keep an eye on Mobileye for today, folks. MBLY did catch a buy rating here. The thing's blasting off. Me and Joel are so angry because Intel, in the in the stupidity of this company, which is might be the stupid, might might be the poorest run tech company out there. Intel. We've got the Intel shares. We're like, well, I still have the mobile eye. And then they do the whole mobile eye and they just <laughs> they spin it off, but I don't get it. And then they don't give the shareholders. They give any. shares. They're you like, know what? Oh, I'm, but I'm you're still participating because service. we still own it. Well, you oh. know what? Look how well the Intel stock's doing off this mobile eye run. Not oh, even man. moving at all. Meanwhile, we could have made the money directly in mobile eye and been selling and laughing. That would have been the thing. That man. would have been nice. That would have been a nice gift to us for holding your crappy stock. Man, Intel. look over in. Look at we're leaking again. Company. They can't leaking even spin again. off a company, right? Wow. All right. There we, Dennis, you should be getting filled on plenty of orders here if you're just sticking them out there, like uh, away from the market. We just had a nice pop in the S and P's into the forty-one thirty handle. Where did we get to? We just got to uh, forty-one thirty-five seventy-five. But uh, I, I will, I will change my bearish stance if we close green today. I, I, I will. I, if the market can, if this we close is today. Green, red tomorrow. Don't yeah. take a stance even, Joel. Stop taking a stance in this market. Trying to teach something here today. If you're trying to call this market, you're doing it wrong. Just trade it. Fade it all. Trade it and I fade mean, it. I yep. think what's important, I think, Dennis, what's truly important, I think what we're realizing more and more with the way that the recent action is, is that you need to have a short-term, medium-term, and long-term outlook. And they can't be mixing into each other. That's this a good is point. where this is where it's hard, right? As a trader, and that's where you have to have multiple so hats, hard. multiple hats. Because just in the short term, I, I throw everything bearish out the way. In the middle term, then you got to start thinking about the recession concerns come back. Long term, it's prolonged interest rate thinking, and so those are the type of things that you need to be thinking about. And it changes, right? Because when we when that bell rings. Yeah. 
You don't care about six months or eight months from now. You only care about the price action in front of you. And then right. that's what should matter. I'm going to I'm gonna hop. I'm going to go talk pot stocks and beverages stocks. Pot with, stocks? Uh, yeah, Gerald Pascarelli over at Wedbush. Should we uh, look at those? Yeah. Oh, Maybe those, oh, yeah. These are all beat up. There's your Joshua. Please call me before joking. you do any long-term portfolio trading at 10 o'clock, okay? I'm going to have a whole bunch trading, of trash baby. in my portfolio by the end of the day here. I'm going to vomit holding it overnight. I'm not going to sleep well. I'm going to have nightmares of she invading taiwan but at the same time i don't know i actually look at look at the cgc here right near the lows holy oh calling, they're, they're calling Joel out. dash they, for trash and they kind of like the trash left. right now folks i like the <laughs> trash i don't know why well i do know why because they're all going up today yeah i wanted to run through some of the stronger names in arkk here because i can just do it by rsi and i have the holdings here uh so of course what's leading that tesla and of course, out of that short that I was in, break even on the rest, got three fourths of the profits. Now I can see the run going higher. And so I'm still on the bullish camp now on Tesla. Keep it going. We'll see what happens if it can keep running towards that March uh, 1st event. We'll see if it can keep getting that lift. It's your uh, leader. Yeah. Then you got TWOU. That one's doing not doing too bad for ARKK. You got Roblox, of course, ripping. That's ripping higher. Now 4250s almost. Unity shows up there, right? We just talked about that one. PD, this one's an interesting one. Don't look at this one often, but it is coming back. Pager Duty, software application name. Shop. I'm so upset about Shop, Dennis. Horrible execution by me on my swing trade. Had this at 4830s. Yesterday got stopped out at 48. Just got a little bit nervous. And you're going to make mistakes sometimes. This one was definitely a mistake. It was a good outlook for the swing back. We'll see if it can get back there towards 54. Shop looking good. Path uh, not looking bad either. Some of these names, I would keep an eye on them, especially if you like these growth names. TDOF, Roku, will it come back? Zoom even. Who knows? Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Zoom's keep really an eye on them. Bottom, right? Again, don't marry any of these positions, though. Yeah, no marry. When the dust no settles. Marry. My long-term hat, not going the long-term portfolio. None of this crap is going in my long-term portfolio. None of it. None. None in the long-term portfolio. But you know what? Short-term trading account, have it designated. Even if you don't have one account, it's okay. But make sure you have that designated. It's easier with two accounts. And I want account, designate this and say, this is a trade. This is a trade. Don't let it become a long-term investment because it doesn't go your way. That is how you ruin your account. So don't, you know, again, these are trades. I'm talking with my trading hat on. I'm saying I like some of these stocks. You know, like CGC will not go in my long-term portfolio. Even if it did, it's designated. You've got to have it designated. Make sure you designate, you know, because a lot of people have one account, and I can appreciate that. It's hard to separate it. Try to separate it, though, if you can, even in your long-term account. Say, this is a trade. I'm going to stop myself out on CGC at 220. And I'm not in it, but I'm just setting up the trade for you. You can buy at 231 right now. Stop yourself out at 220. If it takes out the low of the move, it's a loser. You lose 3%. It's okay. But I'm just saying some of this stuff right now is looking pretty good as a trade. It may not look good as a long-term investment. I don't think any of this stuff looks good. Upstart, not saying go and buy upstart. The numbers are terrible. But you know what? As a trader, I don't care about the fundamentals. I don't care about the long-term story here. All I care about is the tape. And the tape is telling me they're buying this crappy stock on bad earnings. Well, that's not good news for the bears. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Again, it might turn. Maybe Upstart turns around and goes red. Maybe they come in here this morning. Maybe the real money comes in at 930 and they hammer it down to 15. That changes the narrative. As a trader, you have to respect the changes. But if it holds green or if it even goes higher from here, that could help to lift some of these other growth names. So keep your two hats. Keep it separate. Don't let those these trades become long-term investments if you're trying this stuff. Stop yourself out. Definitely, I agree with all that. And definitely, you guys got to just keep watch. We'll see what happens. Let's get to the action. I'm going to go let you do what you do best, my friend, Dennis. Let's go to it. Let's get to the trading action. Have a good see one. You guys, you guys can keep one. up with Triple D Trader on Twitter. And like always, you guys can also keep up with myself on Twitter, Money Mitch BZ, trying to keep pushing forward. Finally got that verification check. Took a little while to receive. It looks like they needed to do a human review. But at least now I got the verification check. Now I got to battle with Instagram. Fake account on Instagram team. I, I'm not on Instagram team. I don't go on there at all. Um, so only Twitter. 
If you guys are getting reach outs from DMs from me, that's not me on Instagram. And most of the time, I will let you know clearly that I'm going to DM you. Uh, but let's get back to the action. I want to get you guys over to live trading action coming up next. And like always, keep up with us, Trading in the Zone. I know Monday we have off, so we're going to do it Sunday night. And I was even thinking about doing it Monday. I'm going to reach out to people, see if they want to come on Monday or Sunday. But right now it's looking like we're going to keep pushing in, Trading in the Zone. We're more than halfway done with the book. So if you want to go ahead and keep pushing forward in your knowledge, get some reading done. Well, join the book club. Every day we get new members and want to see who joins today and keep pushing forward. We'll bring you now over to some live trading action. We'll see what I'm able to get into, right? Got some swing trades on. UNG still in. We'll see if this is finally get a little push in natural gas. Yes, the natty gas traders come over. Live trading. We got Ryan on there. Let's get to the action and smash the like on the way out. Let's go, team.